Fashion and beauty are serious business. On this podcast, we will hear from amazing creative entrepreneurs. Join us as we explore their unique success stories, learn from experts, and hear about their journeys. Steve Jobs famously said that, the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So let's get crazy. I'm your host, Ann Zuckerman, and this is the Just Wanted to Ask podcast. Ladies, have you ever had one of those uncomfortable headlight moments? Don't you want to be heard without distraction? Bezzy broad discs are your solution. Go to justwantedtoask.com and look for Bezzy broad discs. Hello, everyone. Uh, Today, I'm excited to be with Brian Kennedy. As a coach, Brian encourages clients to develop themselves as effective leaders and champions. As a consultant, Brian works with organizations in developing leaders by understanding the principles and fundamentals of successful business people. As a speaker, he brings encouraging messages filled with principles and fundamentals for opening at championship performance levels. And as a trainer, Brian assists in the positive principle-based processes for achievement. Brian's background includes military service in the United States Navy, counseling with the South Carolina Vocational Rehabilitation Department, serving in sales and executive positions with American Greetings Corporation nationally, and small business turnarounds and startups in Dallas, Texas. In addition to consulting, speaking, and training, utilizing sound business principles, Brian coached and mentored, has mentored over 22 managers to executive and entrepreneurial positions throughout the country and has helped business leaders develop leaders, grow profitable revenue in multiple industries. A graduate of the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina located in Charleston, South Carolina, Brian earned a BA degree in history while fully participating in the military training provided at the school while also being a member of the Division I varsity basketball program. Brian returned to Charleston following his military service and earned a master's of education degree in counseling at the Citadel while working full-time and providing for his family. In his book, My Losing Season, written by the Citadel's, uh, written about the Citadel's 1966-67 basketball team, author Pat Conroy describes Brian as irrepressible, a trait that has served him well throughout his career. Welcome, Brian, to the podcast. And thank you. It's awfully nice of you to uh, have me, and I really appreciate the opportunity to share some time with you. That's great. So, as I just finished saying, irrepressible. What makes you irrepressible? Oh, I think I think Pat really put it on there because he thought I was a little obnoxious. I left a couple of things off that description. He said uh, he was describing each player on the team, and he said, and then there was Brian Kennedy. Uh, he was ir- he he was irrepressible. 
clumsy and a bit too loud for a sophomore. Because back then, soft, freshmen couldn't play on the varsity. We had to play freshman ball, and then we wanted the varsity as sophomores. And in a military college, which the Citadel is, the freshmen are supposed to know their place, and then the sophomores act like freshmen when they move up with the seniors and juniors. And I just didn't buy into that. So, you know, I was about as civilian as you could be in a military environment. And what took you there? I was um, I, I I went there primarily to play basketball. I was seen at a uh, basketball camp one summer, and there were about five or six college coaches there, and uh, each one of them was interested in bringing me to their school. A couple of them I couldn't get into, namely the United States Naval Academy and the United States Military Academy, because they were strong then. More they were. They were 100% um, engineering schools then, and math and science were not my forte. Um, <clears throat> but the Citadel was a was a liberal arts college. Number one, they uh, they offered me a full ride to play basketball there. It was at a, a very competitive conference, the Southern Conference, with with nationally challenging national challenging teams there, and it had a schedule where we went all over the country. We played all over the country. And it gave me an opportunity to see other parts of the country supplementing the academic education and the military education I received on campus. So I thought that was a great opportunity to go and grow. And um, so I went there. That's what took me there. Wow. Um, so you mentioned military and varsity sports. How have military and um, basketball training contributed to the foundation of your success in coaching? And were you born with discipline and drive? Yeah, that's a great question. And thank you for asking. Um, the, the military, let me start with the military part. The military part always starts with a strategic plan. Then they get tactical. And they, all, they always know before they take the first step what the plan is, and everybody's involved in it. Everybody's aware. So if you look at a leadership model, one of the top things a leader can do is make sure there's a vision that is shared clearly with all the people in the organization. Well, if the, if the troops don't know what the objective is, it's going to be very difficult for them to achieve it and to go after it, and to be motivated to take it. Um, because as any military leader will tell you, the plan is designed perfectly, but the enemy never participates in the plan. And as soon as you step off, you're in trouble. <laughs> you know, the plan is gone. So unless you know where you want to end up, there's no way that you can uh, improvise, adapt, and overcome. And that's one of the things that you do. Now, in basketball, you do the same thing. You set goals. You're very clear on the vision that you want to achieve. And when you get down to the, to the games, the games are great, but that's not where games are won. Games are won and lost on the practice court. And small business owners are 
in the game every single day, but they very rarely do they take time to practice on the practice court. And one of the things that I learned from from the uh, from basketball was that every practice was timed. I mean, every drill was timed. We might do this drill for 10 minutes, this drill for eight minutes, this drill for seven minutes. We might scrimmage for 30. We might scrimmage for 10 and just run for 30. But everything had a purpose and everything had a timetable. And one of the things that I learned there was that if I follow the schedule that I give myself when I'm engaged, I should achieve success. So in life, I the first thing I do is I decide what is my purpose? What am I here for? Number two is what do I need to learn and continue learning? So I put a reading time in my schedule every single day. I read 30 minutes in the morning and at least 30 minutes in the evening. Sometimes I'll read more. Won't read less. So that's something that's there. What will I read? I'll read nonfiction. I'll read things about business. I'll read things about leaders. I'll read, I'll read things that will expand my vocabulary and my ability to communicate better. That's a great purpose for novels. And you mentioned my losing season, which I believe was, other than his cookbook, that was probably the only nonfiction work that, that Conroy ever wrote. And he was an outstanding linguist who made you, he would talk about the low country of South Carolina and just describing it, you could smell the mud, you could hear the, the reeds blowing in the wind. I mean, it was an amazing, he was an amazing writer, but reading people like that teach teach us how to explore and how to express ourselves so that the other people can feel it, understand it. And if we don't feel it, if we, one of the things about knowledge is what's in our head has to get to our heart in order for it to go into action. And there's a lot of people out there with head knowledge that don't understand that I've got to have it here and if when I, once I get it here, I don't need all the knowledge that I've got. It's nice to have. Uh, I worked for a guy once who said knowledge is power, and he got upset with me because I said, no, nah, Ed, I don't think knowledge is power at all. I think, I think knowledge in action is power, but knowledge is just the, its potential. That's it. Nothing more. So we, in basketball, that we practice the mundane fundamentals every single day, which is what's necessary in business to be successful. And the, and the discipline comes from knowing that I've got to practice the fundamentals every day, but I want to because it fulfills my purpose. So once I get in touch with my purpose, the discipline comes naturally. Hope that I hope that was a lot of words to I hope I explained your the answer for you. No, it does. Um, very often people start businesses or they think about starting businesses and they have absolutely no plan. Mm -hmm. uh, they have experience and they say, okay, fine. Well, I've done this for X number of years. I'm going to start my own business because whatever. They don't think about the plan. And as they say, they don't, one uh, the expression they don't sharpen their saw every day right. so they don't follow up on learning the skills that are required for that business um i'm working with someone right now who says 
I'm only interested in today. I need money, but I need it today. Well, that's all great. But what happens? What are you doing to prepare yourself for tomorrow? And uh, that comes into the whole business plan and what you spoke about, that we have to have some idea of what our end goal is in order to get there. Well, you know, if, if I may, basketball is a great example to that. That guy wants to just shoot, but he doesn't realize that to shoot, you've got to get yourself in a position to shoot. You've got to get open, and the person who's got the ball has got to get it to you. That's all part of the offense, which is a plan. And without the plan for how you're going to execute, you're in trouble. And if you execute differently today than you did yesterday, and today's always a reaction, you're toast. Because we can't react to everything. We have to respond to things. But it's but you respond easier when you know where you're going. And somebody that says, I want to do this, doesn't really have a goal. They have an idea of something they'd like to have but they have no idea how to get it. And I do see a lot of small business people, unfortunately, that, that fit into that category. Yeah, it, it's definitely a challenge. So one of the parts of your current program that you offer, um, well, let me backtrack a little. Um, on your website, you offer seven principles for success in a world of change. Yeah. Those, they're listed on your website. Give us a little bit about each of those and why they're important. Well, the, they're, they're important. Let me go back. I've already shared one with you, and that was at the very beginning, the principle of, of, of purpose. If you don't know why you're doing something, you're not going to be successful doing it. You have to know why. It's not the fact that I need money today that gets me out of bed and active because that's operating from a sense of fear. What gets me out of bed every morning is to know that I have a purpose to fulfill today. And my purpose is dual, dualfold because one is I want to please God. And number two is I want to help people achieve their greatest potential because I believe that if we're made in God's image, as the book tells us, then we've got a lot of great potential in us and too many of us don't look for it. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Rohn, but Jim Rohn once said that of all life forms on earth, there's only one that does not seek to grow to its fullest potential. And unfortunately, that's the human life form. And the human life form is the only one with a dignity of choice. So I look for people who choose to grow, but first they've got to find out what their purpose is. And that's hard work. And I notice a lot of people don't like that hard work either. So that's one of the, that's the first one. The second principle that I follow is life, have, uh, develop a philosophy of life, lifelong learning. Okay. So what I look at then is in, in the principle of lifelong learning, you've got to invest in yourself. And there are different areas to invest in yourself. You invest in yourself personally because nothing happens outside till it happens inside. As a basketball player, you don't ever win until you desire to win. 
And the great books like uh, Think and Grow Rich talks about desire. As a man thinketh, which was written in, gee, 1903, I think, 1907. And, and, and as a man thinketh, which is only 42 pages long, and every paragraph is a nugget, that, that it, everything starts with a thought and has to be a conviction. It goes to your heart and becomes a conviction. So that's the, that's the purpose of learning. And learners, as, uh, as I heard a uh, philosopher once say, uh, in, a world of, in the world of change, uh, learners will inherit, the, will inherit the earth, while the learned will find themselves perfectly equipped for a world that no longer exists. So people that depend on the degree they got, I mean, I got my bachelor's degree in 1969, and I got to tell you what, I, I used it for about one semester, and I knew I wasn't going to be a teacher. I got a master's degree in counseling to go along with the profession that I was in, but I worked for the state, and that's, I, I, I left state employee, as a, I left state employment and went to work as a salesperson, and my blood pressure went down. Now, that doesn't make sense, but what happened was I was getting closer to my purpose, so I was becoming more feeling that way, but I was learning. Now, how did my history degree and how did my counseling degree help me in American Greetings? I could sit down and talk with anybody about anything. I learned how to ask questions to draw the information out of the rehabilitation clients, and that's what you do with a customer. If you want to be a good salesperson, ask questions. Questions create the pathway to the person's heart. You will know what they want, not just what they need. And, and it's what they want is what they'll pay for, not what they need. And too many focus on that. So investing in yourself, and there's areas that you invest in that, and I'm not talking about financially, I'm talking about the way a person looks, their health. I mean, it, is your health strong enough for the job you're doing? Is your stamina right? Are you eating properly? It's got nothing to do with weight control. It's got to do with, it, 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 am I feeding my body enough that I can do the job that I want to do? So these are all things that, you, that a person's got to learn. And these are all things that you have to invest in yourself in. The next one is a very simple thing I learned many, many years ago, which was plan it, do it. Review it, then do it again. And only this time, do it better because you had a review. And I did that a lot with my folks at American Greetings. We didn't do a thing there where we didn't review it. And there were two questions that we always asked ourselves after every sales call, after every, every call on a store to see if we were doing, excuse me, the best things for them. And that is, is what we are doing best for our customer that, was, that question was always asked. And number two, what could we have improved in? I never said, what did we do wrong? That was, we know what we do wrong. We don't need to focus on that. We need to know what can we do better in. And ironically, focused on that way takes the wrong thing out of the word wrong and makes it right. So now I'm working on the right thing. It's like arthritis. Zig Ziglar said, there's nothing right about arthritis. It should be called arthritis because there's nothing. I mean, it's crazy. But you want to do the right thing. You don't want to focus on the wrong thing.
So it's kind of like when somebody says, I want to lose weight. Well, you don't want to lose weight because if you lose your keys, what do you do? You go look for it. That's why people who lose weight gain it back again. But if they shed the pounds or they want to have a target, that's a whole different matter. That takes me back to my military. It takes me back to my basketball training. You set a goal and you work to the goal. You don't set to lose something. We never went out to play a game to lose it. Now, we didn't win them all, but we didn't, we didn't go out to lose them. The next one is communicate to connect. Communicate to connect. Everybody's telling everybody everything, but they don't know who's listening and they don't know who their audience is. And identifying the audience and what you're, you're talking about to the right people. That's why whenever I, and, and I've got some opportunities to get, take on some new clients now, but the only people I'll talk to right now are the people that want to do the work and want to become better and are willing to do the things it takes to be better, which means I don't, I don't have to work with a lot of people because unfortunately there aren't that many people who want to be better. They want more, but they don't want to become more. And and getting more is where a lot of the how-tos come in. And I'm not about how-tos. I'm about principles and about fundamentals. That takes you back to basketball. That takes you back to military training. That takes you back to discipline. And those three things are all combined in understanding where I want to go and how I want to get there. So communicating, using the right words is important. Uh, my pastor yesterday started a new series called 16,000 Words, and he started off saying the average person uses 16,000 words a day. Wow. Yeah. Now, the average person only knows 20,000 to 30,000, but they use 16,000 words a day. So the question is, are you using those words to your best benefit? Are you building other people up or tearing them down? When you tear somebody down, you've just torn yourself down worse than you've torn somebody else down. So understanding communication to connect takes that out of the picture. So that's the next principle, communicate to connect, not to tell. Then the other one is lead. Too many people don't want to be the leader. But if you're not the lead dog... <laughs> The scenery is always the same, and it's not pretty. So, so, so when you look at it, you 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 want to be the leader. What's it take to lead? And that that's another place where I rule people, where people take take themselves out of my you know working with me is they don't want to do the work to become the leader. It takes hard work to be, become a leader because you got to become patient. You've got to become understanding. You don't have to give up disciplining somebody who did something wrong, but you've got to do it in the best way to build them up. You're not tear them down. So leading and being a leader in, a, in for example, one of the things um, you and I both mentioned a business organization we both belong to at one time. And one of the things that I heard, no, I'm sorry, it was Sales and Marketing Executives International that I used to belong to. And I was a member of that for many years. And the director of the international director, executive director, he always said, we do not participate in recessions. Now, that's a mindset. And that's a leadership position. Now, how do you not participate when the whole economy is going down? Well, you got to take thought. You got to take some heart. You got to figure out where are we going and what are we doing? What's the plan? COVID was like that. 
People who were working, who were working on how to do something took a miserable beating during COVID. The people who worked on the principles were, were prepared to take different directions because they were always looking at how do I enforce the principle? The others were looking to do the same thing they'd been taught to do by somebody who taught you how to do stuff. The next one is build business relationships. Um, nobody builds a, a, a business. Nobody builds a huge conglomeration. I worked for American Greetings Corporation. What a great company it was to work with. And, and I really enjoyed my time there. We had some terrific leaders. But the thing was, it was a relationship company. And relationships build trust. Trust create new sales. Trust creates new customers, not because you're marketing to them, but because others trust you enough to bring them to you. And that's important. But people, I, I can't tell you how many, and you've probably heard this too, Ann. I'm too busy to go to a networking event. Well, that's because I think networking event is is going after new customers instead of meeting people who can bring you new customers who were pre-sold. And that's the key thing. And then create lifetime customers. But what happens is customer experience is too many people think I've got to have customer service. Well, that's only the beginning. That's the entree. You have to have customer service that leads to customer engagement, which leads to um, customer experience, which culminates in a relationship you have with the customer and they feel like they have a relationship with you. So it starts with your employees, not with your customers. And people don't get that. Southwest Airlines, Herb Kelleher said he was going to build a great airline. He built a terrific airline and he treated his employees, his philosophy was, we're going to treat our employees like they're customers. So they will treat our customers like they're customers. Whereas there's another airline that I fly regularly that, that I always believed their philosophy was, we're not happy until you're not happy. And, and it just seems that way. But Southwest was just named the number one airline for growth to be the biggest airline that's operating right now in the, in, in, in the world. And, and that's phenomenal because it's like a bus line. But he achieved what it was he wanted to achieve. So, And he did it by looking at the customer first, the, the employee first, then the customer. And that's, that's basically a rundown on the seven principles and, and where they come from. And they all come from experience. Um, they all come from experience that uh, was from athletics, from the military, from business, the way we treated our customers at American Greetings, not just the retail executives, but the store managers and the, and the staff at the store. We treated all of them like they were our best friends. And as a result, we had some great sales because of, of the way we treated the employees and the way we treated ours. That's wonderful. Uh, and I'm going to have to, re I'm definitely going to have to review them because as you were explaining all of that, I was thinking about my own business and where I'm falling short and what I need to review and the review of what a, what a person is doing right 
uh, and then expanding on it is um, so important. And it's one area that I've never really paid a lot of attention to because I'm so busy thinking about what I've done wrong. Yeah. And of course, then it snowballs. So you mentioned an upcoming program with uh, Jennifer Nichols of Bloom and Hustle. Uh, she's also been a guest on my podcast. And if people go to um, my podcast on iTunes, they can find the episode uh, where she spoke about authenticity and being and having that shine in your business. Tell us about the program that the two of you will be doing together and what people can um, learn from it. Well, there's a couple of things that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to talk about various things. And in this program, one of the things we're going to talk about is how important are customers to you? And how do you keep them? That kind of backdoors back into the employees because you've got to treat your employees correctly. And a lot of people don't want to hear that because they think the employees are servants. Well, that's a mindset that's wrong. It's a mindset that's wrong. I'm sorry. If you can't treat your employees well, and I worked for an organization, um, a corporate organization, American Greenies treated us fantastically well. Did I make more money than my counterparts in other organizations? No. Did I have more freedom? Did I have more respect? Was I treated more fairly? Probably, yeah, I'd say based on some of the conversations we had, the answer is a definite yes. So, so you look at the employees, and that employee who loves being there is the employee who's going to treat the customer with tremendous respect and, and serve them. See, a lot, of, a lot of people don't like the word serve. They go to a restaurant and they mistreat the server. The server is to help them have a great dining experience, not to just bring them food. The server is the one that helps get them the things they want. The server is the person that's extremely valuable, probably second right behind the guy who's uh, the gal that's cooking the food. They're, they're pretty important, too. No question. But they're serving as well. That's why they call it the service industry. And 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 people don't like to be the servant. They see a person as a servant. But I'm a servant by helping everybody else become better at what they do. I'm serving. That's what I do. I'm sorry. I served in the military. I served as a basketball player. I served as a um, rehabilitation counselor. These are things that you do for your customers. So we talk about that. We briefly talk about the five basic ways of generating customers for small businesses. And there's, there's five basic ways. And we go into those five basic ways and explore just briefly, because that's not the emphasis of the program. Then we ask, do you want profit or profitability? Well, what's the difference? Well, profit's what I make on a transaction. Profitability is what I make on repeated transactions with the same person. Because I'm not spending as much to market to that person. Why do they come back? Because they have a great experience. Because they have something with the, the, um, the uh, salesperson they deal with or the barista or whatever it is. And I've got some stories that I share in this 
in different types of industries to demonstrate how that works and, and why the employee is so is so important to the returning customer part. Then we talk about the fact there's this is where we get into the two types of customers. One is the internal customer, the employee, team member, staff member, however they want to call it. And the other one's the external customer. And we go in and explore those things about what we're doing. And do you hire the right people for the right job? I can't tell you how many times I hang up from a customer service issue. And I wonder why in the world did that company put somebody dealing with people who hates to deal with people? And you see it everywhere. They just don't want to talk to you. And then we talk about converting the customer into your sales force. Because when you have relationship with your customers, they talk about you even when people aren't asking about you. And and I I did this one time. I asked them, I think the movie was uh, Black Panther. I said, what's the last movie somebody saw? And they said, Black Panther. I said, did you see it once? She said, no, I saw it five times. I said, wow, did you tell anybody about it? She said, everybody. I said, did anybody ask you anything about it? No, I just told them anyway. That's the way you want your customers to react, to respond, to bring you customers. And that's what the importance of developing that relationship, customer, employee experience is all about. And then, like all my programs, I don't end the program until there's a plan of action. I outline some steps for a plan of action because anything that we talk about, I learned this in corporate a long time ago. Anything I talk about which does not have a plan that's not going to be reviewed is just a waste of time. It's just a waste of time. So I always put an action plan behind it at the end of the program and outline. You can, you know, it's your, it's, it's the, it's the participants' action plan, so they can do whatever they want with it. They can adjust it however they want. I'm just giving them a shell. goes back to, like, that battle plan I was talking about with the military. The enemy never participates the way you want them to. And in basketball, the other team never plays the way you want them to. So, and that's, and that's basically what that program is all about. That sounds amazing. So, we... We'll be able to find a, uh, where to find you in the show notes. Tell us where it is we can find you and how we can find out more about that program with uh, Jennifer Nichols. Well, I, Jennifer is promoting that and uh, doing that. I don't have any links for that, so I, I don't have that. But it, I do have an outline of my programs on BrianKennedyGlobal.com, which is my website. I will talk with, uh, I will have a link to connect with Jennifer to to enroll in that program uh, because I'm doing this. She's engaged me to do this as a benefit for her clients. It's something she wants to give her clients. She serves her clients in the social social media, social marketing arena, and it's a way that she has to thank them for being their clients. It's to just give them an opportunity to look at something else that they might not otherwise see. And then of course, anybody gets a chance, uh, the choice to go back to Jim Rohn's position. Everyone has a choice to whether they want to play or not. Mm -hmm. 
and that's and we want to serve those who play. So I will put a as soon as I get a link from her, I'll put that on my website as well. And we'll have it in the show notes as well. I'm going to go back uh, to her and get that as well. And sure. again, for our listeners, um, she was on a previous podcast, so I encourage you to go back and listen to that. That was a so, terrific podcast, by the way. I did listen to it. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I I loved I I loved it as well. Uh, and Jennifer is so special. So one of the closing questions that I've recently started to ask is what is one of the most impactful pieces of advice that you've received which has contributed to your success? Wow. Um, the, the one thing that I think contributes to what I do, the people I meet, the relationships I build, is that by knowing your own purpose, by knowing my own purpose, I'm working to fulfill the purpose, not to gratify me. And when we start looking at gratifying ourselves, we start looking inwardly. And that's when everything around us changes and we look and say, what happened? And when we look at the external by what's my purpose and what should I be here for? What's the purpose of my business and who am I going to serve? And it's when that business turns into a money counter instead of a service provider. And we've seen that. We've seen that with large corporations. There's one retail corporation that comes to mind. Um, they started for the purpose of bringing good products to the rural communities at a decent price. Now all they want to do is make money. So the difference is they've lost their purpose. And instead of losing your purpose by focusing inward about what do we get, you start focusing on what happens when I give. Uh, before we started the, the podcast, you and I talked about giving. And when you give, your hand is extended to give something to someone. Well, when they take that out of your hand, your hand is still extended and it's open. You're now ready to receive. It may not be from that person, but it will be from some other source. What a and beautiful that's what happens thought. when we give joyfully to others. And that's really fulfilling the purpose. And the, and the beautiful thing about fulfilling your purpose is you have a great time while there's a check coming in the mail somewhere. An absolutely beautiful thought. So I thank you so very much for joining me. And um, again, for all of you, all of your information will be in the show notes. Thank you so very much. It was a pleasure. And thank you for having me in. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Please follow us, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. This helps our message reach more listeners. For more information about my products, visit justwantedtoask.com. Thank you.